Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. everybody and welcome to invest talk it is friday december 10th 2021 i hope you had a good friday today because now the weekend starts so we've completed the second week of december of trading anyways and the end of the year is looming ahead of us we don't have very much time left to do whatever we're going to do in our portfolios to try to mitigate our tax liabilities if you can you got to do it of course, you got to do rebalancing anyways, so you might as well keep your tax liabilities in, in mind. So there's strategies and there's practices that you know you can implement, and if you don't know what they are, you need to find out quickly. Talk to your accountant. Talk to your money manager. Okay? You, we, you, you can still take tax advantage, doing tax loss uh, selling, doing different things. And that's going to be one of our main talking points today, by the way. Um, but there's things you have to do before the end of the year, or you should at least consider. Okay? On today's program and podcast, we always start with the same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And, of course, this is our assurance to you that we will give you the facts, just information that you need and try to do it in a way that you can use. Because, you know, this stuff can get very, very complex. You can make it very complex if you want to. You can also keep it simple. You don't have, you know, people can manage their own money. You can do it. And do it well. It doesn't, you know, just because it can get complex doesn't mean you have to make it that way. So we will explain all our processes, all how we come up with things, why we decide this or that, and we'll share it with you. We'll do it all without any bias, one way or another. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to contact me, give me a call, and answer, so I can answer any of your investment questions. You have you take you take the show in any direction you want it to go. You shape it. In fact, you can call right now. We're live four to five Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And the number is always the same. It's never change. And if you, it, we're live now, but you can call any time and leave a question on our in our voice bank. The number is 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So let's get right to our first listener question. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Frank from the Bay Area. Just wanted to thank Steve for meeting with me last week to go over my portfolio review. I'm calling today to ask for a question on ticker symbol NAT, Nordic American Tankers. 
just wanted your thoughts on if uh should buy this company. It's hanging about at a dollar eighty uh a share. Hoping to see what you guys think of this company, see if uh I should buy it and then hold it for I don't know, six months to a year to see if it'll double in price. I'll listen to your answer on the podcast. Thank you again. Bye. Yeah, tankers have always been very volatile. This is Nordic American Tankers Limited, NAT is a symbol, international tanker company that owns 25 double-hole Suez Max X tankers, two of whom are new build, newly built. Okay? Uh, they're going to make $0.16 cents, uh, next year per share. Right now, the, this year, they're going to lose $0.63. Cents. Last year, they made $0.34. Cents. The year before, they lost $0.07. Cents. These this is why these tanker stocks usually sell at very low PEs. So don't get uh, don't get uh, too excited. The sales are also very erratic for these things. So even though it's a two dollar and one cent stock, and you, you think it might you know do well because sales will pick up, they never do really that well. They don't. For instance, the highest price this stock has ever gone up was in the last. Since 2014, it's $16 a share. They made $1.29 that year. And uh, the next year, the highest they went was 15 And that same year, they went from 8 to 16 100% return if you bought it at 8 So it's been very, very erratic. It's at 2 and I'll say this. 2 is usually near its bottom. Okay? So... That's a good sign. Now they got to turn around their sales because sales have been shrinking the last four quarters. Cash flow is $0.81 cents a share. Turn equity is a bad 8%, very low. They don't have a ton of debt. They pay a 3% dividend, but that's going to be hard because their earnings are so erratic. So I don't know if that's a consistent thing or not. So, you know, I, I, this is not a buy and hold. This might be a trading kind of stock, but it's not a buy and hold. In 2020, about March, April period, got up to about $11. Okay, so now it's at 2 So you might get them, yeah, yeah, yeah. This might be a place to pick it up because it looks like support. My focus point today is based on the story behind the headline, Five Tax To-Dos Before Year End. Things you need to do before you're in. Five of them. Turning your taxes. So we're going to talk about that. I have a few other topics. Uh, the CPI number came out. Core CPI, overall CPI, and that, that tells us what inflation has it looks like right now. We'll share that. Uh, the world is going to have to face the facts, the facts about oil. We need it. Oil and natural gas. We need it. We're going to continue to need it. It's, you know, you can want of all the clean energy sources you could ever wish for, and I have no problem with that, but we need to stick with the facts. That's going to come over time. So I want to talk about that a little bit today. And did you see what Google says? Google says they're not. They won't keep up salaries with inflation. I thought that was a pretty bold statement. I want to talk about that. I remember this before in 1980 when I was a few years out of college. Same kind of thing. Employers were not going to be able to stay up with inflation. Salaries. We're talking about salaries. 
Hmm. We'll talk about that. What did the market do today? Well, it had a good day, so it had a pretty good week this week compared to last week, which was bad. Uh, the Dow was up 216 points today, the NASDAQ up 113, and the S&P was up 45. So a decent week. Um, I, I, I think I've mentioned, I think Justin has too, that we're probably going to have a, a decent month of December from this week on out. Last week, the first week was kind of tough. Uh, remember the Friday after Thanksgiving was the Dow was down what nine hundred points or something like that. That was a bad bad day, but I don't think it's going to stay that way. Now, doesn't mean that there's not trouble down the road. I see trouble coming down the road, but there, you know the, I, I will say this: there's always trouble coming down the road. There is always trouble that co- is coming. To the economy, to the stock market, always. You just have to get used to that trouble. That's what that means. Okay? I had a caller talk to a guy today about Energy Fuel Corporation. He wanted me to talk about it on the air. And I didn't mention to him at the time, but it is one of the stocks we own in some of our managed accounts. Uh, it's Energy Fuels, Inc., the symbol is U-U-U-U, four U's. Engaged in exploration, and, uh, exploration of uranium properties in Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Wyoming, and New Mexico. Now, why would we want to own that, uranium? Well, you've heard me talk about it. I'm sure Justin has too. I've heard him talk about it, that we think, no matter how Nuclear power has to be in the mix of producing electricity in this country and other parts of the world. Has to be. Because if we're going to electric cars, which we obviously are, if we're going that direction, we need a lot more electricity. And I know it, we want solar and I know we want you know uh, wind. Those are kind of unreliable and ex- very expensive. But I don't think we can we can build enough solar fields and wind blades out there. We can't build enough of them. Can't. And of course, hydroelectric is not possible. And natural gas. I think we're going to have to have natural gas. Got to be part of the solution. Natural gas, gen- electrical generating power plants. And we're going to have to be. There's a desalination plant here off of San Diego that's being built. A big one. You know how much power they're going to use? They're going to use a ton of power. Electricity or natural gas. One or the other or both. Where's that going to come from? You, you, you want, we have to have the water. You got to have fresh water. Especially in Southern California. <laughs> you know, they the solutions are there. It's the politics that are a problem. Anyways, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, you, you know, you need to remain pretty vigilant out there about your holdings. So stay focused. I'll answer any questions you have on any of your holdings. So give me a call. The lines are open, 888-99-CHART. No two investors have an identical portfolio. 
So each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take Invest Talk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is here to help. And when you download the free InvestTalk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, I want to know what you guys thought about Datadog for a long-term hold, ticker symbol DDOG, and what you guys think might be a good entry point. Datadog Inc., Datadog Inc. It amazes me how many companies weren't around five years ago. This is one of them. It's a fairly new company. came out in 2019. Uh, headquarters in New York. Provides SaaS-based monitoring platform for cloud applications used by enterprises. What's nice is they make money. They've been making money for, they'll be, since they made money in 2020. They're going to make money this year, and they're going to make next year money. And the money is growing pretty fast. For instance, they made $0.22 cents a share last year, $0.40 cents a share this year, and $0.58 cents a share next year. Pretty good. Sales going up between 50 and 75% a quarter. Pretty good. Now, they're going to make $0.58, cents and the stock is $174. Pretty expensive. Very, very, very expensive. Does it deserve that kind of ratio? It got up to 200. Now it's 174. So the last couple three days it's kind of, you know, struggling. But is it is it is it worth it? See, that's what that's what you have to ask yourself. Can it keep up that growth rate? If they can, probably is worth it. Here is a company that makes 58 cents a share, and it's worth 54 billion dollars. <laughs> it amazes me, and it's only been around since 2019. I mean. <laughs> It's that's very expensive. All I can tell you is it's very expensive. If you're going to buy it, you got to buy it knowing that it's a momentum stock, that it's moving up on momentum of sales and momentum on on earnings. If it can keep that up, it will continue to go up. But I wouldn't buy it because for me, I I I can't bring myself to to pay you know 500 PE ratio. I just can't. I, you know, I'm 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 too old. <laughs> I don't mind paying up for a stock, but it's just too expensive. Too expensive. We're moving into a break, but here's a quick reminder. If you missed our recent wealth webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World, you can watch it for free. You can start at investtalk.com, investtalk with two T's, dot com, and click on webinar, or go to the InvestTalk YouTube channel. We're headed into a break, and my phone lines are still the same, 888 
two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go to Dan and Los Gatos. Hi, Dan. How you doing? Yeah, hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I want to ask you about I want to ask about PAR technology, Tick Symbols yes. PAR. Um, we were, my wife worked at a startup and they got bought by this company, so we, we received a number of shares in okay. that company, and I don't know anything about them. Well, yeah. the technology is this technology is is is. A very booming and coming technology. PAR technology, everybody, P-A-R. Uh, they're out of New Harvard, New York. Uh, it's a $1.4 billion company. It provides point-of-sale management systems for restaurants and other systems and services for government clients. Okay, so, you know, how have you been to restaurants lately where they – you know, they they you, they're just putting the orders on a, pa- a pad and everything's done by electronically. Nothing's done writing anything down anymore, and it, and it's really a whole system, a management system for the whole restaurant. We talked about this about another company doing the same thing yesterday. I don't think it was this company; it was another company. Problem is, neither companies, neither of these companies make money. But their sales are growing pretty – this one's growing 42% last quarter, 51% the quarter before. Sales are growing great. They just haven't turned around making profit yet. So they're going to lose $1.09 a share next year after losing $1.45 a share this year. But I do think that this is a coming wave and uh, all restaurants will be using point-of-sale technology at some point. So I, I do think the area is a healthy area. So if your wife is working for a company like this and you got shares, I think that could work out quite well. Problem is with this all every time. Look, look, you said that your com- your wife's old company got bought out by this company. So there's consolidation going on, and somebody's going to be left behind. You don't know which company that is. You know, one of these they're all not all going to survive. In other words, so this one could be the survivor, and then you guys will do very, very well. If it doesn't, well, those shares might worth be worth nothing at some point. Right now, it's fifty-four dollars a share. You know, so you sell if you can sell some shares. It, are you going to get more shares? You know, does your wife? No, no. Okay, no, so yeah, so if depending on how many you have, and you can just hold on to them. But if you have a lots of them, I, I'd sell into this. The you know, it got up to about eighty dollars a share before it fell down to fifty-four. Uh, I would sell into any strong move up. I would sell some shares into that strong move up. But I still want to hold on to some, too. Dan, appreciate the call. Okay, let's turn to my focus point. It's based on the story behind the headline, five tax dues, tax to-dos, things you should do before the end of the year. First of all, you got to get started early. If you haven't already started, you're in trouble. You got to pay attention. You got to find out. Because it may take a little effort to find out what your capital gains, realized gains, short-term versus long-term, different things. Do an estimate of your tax that you may owe or the refund you may get. Do an estimate. Figure out about what you're going to get. So you don't, don't want to have a surprise. It's not that hard. It really isn't. 
Uh, number three, if you're investing, consider tax loss selling. Now, I've mentioned that several times in the last few weeks. You know, you need to really do that. Number four, fill up your tax advantage retirement accounts. In other words, have you maxed out your retirement accounts so you can get a tax break this year on them? And the fifth one, consider donating to charity. You got to do that before the end of the year to get a credit for this year. So try it. To, I think that's a good idea. I do. So all those things you can do and think about. You got to consider them. Talk to your accountant before the end of the year. Don't wait till your you know uh, next year and you get your W twos or 1099s, whatever it is you're going to get, and then you go to your tax accountant and he says, "Well, you should have done this last year." You don't want that kind of question. You don't want that kind of statement coming from him. Okay? Let's go to James in Sonoma. James. Yes, I wanted to talk to you about a, uh, a large uh, growth mutual fund, Q, QEF, I think it is. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on you. You keep talking about value. I just came from a discussion where they kept talking about growth. But every one of these growth funds, you look at them, and the top ten items are always the same. Apple, yeah. Microsoft, Tesla. Yeah. There's really yeah. not a heck of a lot of difference here. Yeah. Yeah, there's only like, there's like, the everybody thinks the S&P 500 is, way, is kind of overvalued, but it's been driven by six to ten stocks, and you just named some of them. You know, these things are very top-heavy, very top-heavy. Now, they could continue to be top-heavy, and most of them are not value names, okay? They're growth names, uh, and growth has done very, very, very well. Okay, but at some point, and I we're starting to see we're seeing a lot of volatility and a rotation into more value-oriented type of positions uh, underneath. Uh, it's percolating, but these big top big names, Apple, Google, you know, on, you know, they kind of dominate, and they're still doing pretty darn well. So yeah. There's no denying it, James. Appreciate the call. Thank you. It's Friday. The weekend is almost here. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant always, always remains. So you'll have to, if you have a question on your portfolio, this is the time to get it in. We're taking your questions live. 888 99Chart. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, 
Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. Hope you're doing well over the holiday season here. Hey, longtime listener here from St. Paul, Minnesota. I have a quick question on the stock Eli Lilly. I believe the ticker is LLY. You guys mentioned, or I guess Justin was mentioning last couple weeks that the pharmaceutical sector is kind of falling out of favorites, so to speak, because some of the patents on a lot of the medications and different things are going to expire soon. I was wondering if Eli Lilly looks like something to hold on to. I've had it for about a little over a year. Had it when, you know, I've made some money on it. Had it when it was down quite a bit. It's come up, but I know it did go up uh, about, I don't know, $90 from where it is today, and it's pulled back quite a bit. I'm just wondering if this would be something here to sell right now by the end of the year and just take some profit on it and be done with it, or if this stock might be worth hanging on to into the new year and go back up again. Thanks. I'll look for your words on the podcast. Have a happy holiday. Well, of course, Eli Lilly is a big, big blue chip company, $233 billion stock. Branded pharmaceuticals is what they do. Uh, they treat neuroscience and endocrinology, oncology, cardiovascular diseases. So they have a number of pets. So the, what, what we're talking about, what Justin's talking about, what I'm talking about is the way you look at drug companies is not the current sales that they have today. You really want to look at their patent cliff, meaning what's coming off patent and which drugs you know that are big winners, and what does their pipeline of drugs look like? Remember, they've got to go through phase one, two, and three, and then uh, the FDA has to approve it. Most drugs don't make it. One out of 100 make it. You know, so it, it's a very expensive proposition. So if you have a lot of a lot of uh, new drugs come down the pipeline, and a lot of them are in phase three, that's a good sign for future continued sales. That's what you have to look at. Okay, now it's pretty expensive. Eli Lilly is pretty expensive. They're going to make eight dollars a share this year. They have er- been able to increase their earnings every year for the last ten years. Sales have been pretty strong, 18 to 20%, pretty strong every quarter. So you got to look at their patents. They do have a, a lot of debt, which worries me. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds have 10% more mutual funds over the last year. There was 3,061 mutual funds a year ago. Now there's 3,373. Okay, or I should say not just mutual funds, but institutional ownerships. But they only own 39% of the whole company. So it's not like they own a lot, so there's more room for them to enter. So it's a $244 stock going to make $8.14 next year. That makes it, what, a 30 PE? And the five-year range is 15 to 33. So it's 
kind of up there on the upper part of its range. That wouldn't wouldn't hurt my feelings if you took some off the table. Would not. I don't know if I'd get rid of it. I might rebalance it and take some off the table if I owned it. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning. And usually I re- review parts of it on Friday. The market In the market conditions section, I explained that the market rebounded nicely this week and that fact provided hope for a Christmas rally. It was interpreted as good news that the new COVID variant was characterized by relative weak lethality, in other words, not many people dying, and muted symptoms. Even though everybody, remember the week before, before, before this week, everybody, uh, you know, people are freaking out about the new variant. Say, oh, you know, there, there's going to be more variants, people. Not, you know, I think everybody's getting used to COVID. We're all getting tired of it and used to it. And I don't think it's going to affect the market nearly as much anymore. I really don't. So investors and traders seem to accept the Fed's decision to start the tightening process. That kind of freaked them out, too, along with the new variant. So that kind of contributed to that. Justin thinks that was more of a factor than the variant, you know, as far as the the weakness we saw. Um, I'm not sure. I think it was probably equal, but he thought it was the start of tightening. Now, that start, the tightening is extremely small right now because it had to be, and we all knew it was going to be because the Fed doesn't want to mess anything up. I talked about productivity in the third quarter being revised and making it worse. That wasn't good news. I'll start by jobless claims, claims, the weekly jobless claims, 184,000, very, very low. So the economy looks pretty good. The number of of, uh, job openings is very strong at 11 million, up from 10.6 million the month before. Tax loss selling, I mentioned that. Harvesting, I told you you need to start doing that, and I've done that a couple of times. So you really need to pay attention here, everybody. Um, talked about, mentioned the 12% correction in the small cap area of the stock market. Remember, uh, so we see some rotation based on sectors as far as correcting, maybe? Are we seeing that as a trend? Is that I've seen it in, the, in history. I've seen that happen several times, where the overall market doesn't correct, but different sectors Correct hard, like the small cap sectors did. So we'll see that. And I mentioned flattening the yield curve, widening credit spreads. And I talked about all those kinds of things under the under the portfolio management section. So, are, and I mentioned, are we headed into a recession in the portfolio management? Section? And I gave things to look out for to determine whether that's going to happen. And, of course, the main thing I talk about, I've mentioned it many times, is the yield curve, the 10-year versus 2-year Treasury yield curve. Is it flattening, widening, shrinking? Every time it's inverted, a recession has followed. Every time in history. You know what I mean by an inverted yield curve? Hmm. I had a couple stock ideas, a lead supplier, manufacturer of memory and, memory and storage uh, uh, used in uh, many different electronic devices, ranging from personal computers and smartphones. The firm is number three in the marketplace based on market share. Number three, mentioned that one. I also looked at a company that is almost tied the title of the largest 
listed global tobacco company. It's an excellent play to hedge against inflation because they pay an 8% dividend. Come on. I know I don't like tobacco either. I don't. I hate the smoke. I hate it. But it's hard to pass up that dividend. Of course, I give I name names. Uh, there's more in the newsletter. You can subscribe at investtalk.com if you're interested. You know, uh, you don't have to buy it for a whole year or anything like that. You can cancel it anytime. So if you get it and you find after, comes out every week. You can find out after a month you don't like it or you're not reading it or whatever. Just cancel the subscription. It's that easy. We're going to go to Armando in Miami. Want to talk about UPS. Armando. How's it going, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call. Thanks. Yeah, I'm a, I'm actually an employee for UPS, and I've been, uh, you know, taking advantage of the uh, stock. Uh, mm-hmm. Stock uh, purchase discount. plan. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's about uh, 25% of my total portfolio. And I'm wondering if I should take some of that out and put it into something else, or is it just just keep going on with the plan that I have, you know, every week just investing into the company I work for? Uh, the, the answer is it's smarter, much smarter, to slowly sell when it gets expensive. For instance, let me give you a little, uh, an idea. For, in 2020, this, this UPS went from $82 a share to $178 a share. The year before, it went from 92 to 125 Okay? So what is it doing this year? Well, it's at $209. Well, Earnings keep going up, so it should go higher. The high should be higher, and the low should be higher. So I'm submitting to you that it's probably pretty close to a peak right now, and it will be a valley. So you you take profits off your UPS when it's such a big part of your portfolio when it's at a peak. So I would look at, and I would probably sell back, but I'd also look to see if you should do it this year or next year because of taxes, capital gains tax. Is this an taxable account? Yeah. So I wouldn't do it this year if I don't have tax losses to put against the gains. I'd wait till then, first of the year. But, yeah, that's how you do it. You keep buying it because they're giving it to you at a discount, right? You keep buying it. Just keep buying it. But you also take advantage when it's really high and sell back. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Thanks for the call. I, I have a, I had a client that worked for UPS for all his adult life, ended up with a million-plus dollars in UPS stock, and the difficulty was as part of his retirement, and how does he avoid taxes? How does he mitigate the tax burden because he's going to use that money to retire on? And, you know, they didn't pay enough dividend, 2%, I think. Yeah. They didn't pay enough dividend for him to retire on the, just the dividend. So it was a difficult decision what to do. That's how that works. It is Friday, and generally I take a minute or two a quick to give you a quick rundown on some of the numbers. Two-year treasury yield was is is at 0.66%. And give you a little perspective, it was 0.59% last week. So the yield went up. The 10-year Treasury, 1.43, 1.46%. Last week, it was 1.36. So 
So that's gone up too. Remember, these are the two uh, two um, interest rates you look at, the 10 and 2-year Treasury, to see if the yield spread is going to invert. So you watch this. Okay, you watch this carefully. Gold, 1782 per ounce last week was 1783. Not much of a move. Uh, two weeks ago, it was 1847, so it peaked and fell that little bit down, right? Silver today, $22.15 per ounce. Last week, it was $22.51. Oil was selling for $71.58 a barrel. Last week, $66. Uh, two weeks ago, it was $76, so, yeah, it's expensive. Three weeks ago, it was $80.93. And the national average of a gallon of gasoline is three dollars and thirty-three cents. Last week was three thirty-seven. California, we're paying four sixty-eight a gallon. Thank you very much. Up oh, uh, down a penny, down a penny from last week. Yay, four sixty-eight a gallon. Now, for comparison, Texas—they're only paying two dollars and ninety-two cents. Why are we paying so much? We meaning California. It's all about politics, taxes, clean energy, policies, and those things. That's why we're paying so much. You know, this hurts the poorest people the most. It hurts the low, lower-income people the most. Not me. I can pay it. I can afford it. So this is what irritates me the most, is that it they don't care that it hurts the, the least uh wealthy of our sector, of our, our, our citizens. They should care. I care. It's not fair because I used to be that part. I guess maybe that's why. 888 99 is our number, everybody. You can give me a call. I'll be happy to talk to you. CPI number, Consumer Price Index out today. Low, uh, highest it's been in 39 years. Thank you very much. Up eight-tenths of a percent. Core. Core CPI, core consumer price index, up 0.5%. Okay, that translates to a 6% inflation rate at 0.5%. Okay, the core inflation. The top line is higher than that, but I do think we are seeing the peak here. I, I think that. It's just a feeling I have. You know, uh, it's a feeling I have based on a bunch of anecdotal evidence that I see out the five-year expectation for inflation, because they come out with that quite often, is only three percent. I'm not. I'm not buying that. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just. I don't think inflation is going to go down that low. I, I, that's our. That's our long-term average, by the way. And just to give you a little perspective, we were at about one and a half to two percent uh, uh, a couple years ago, before COVID. One and a half to two percent, and I think it got up to around two point four, and then COVID hit, if I remember right. Um, then of course inflation was really low because of COVID, because there was no demand for anything. Everybody stayed inside the house, shut down the system, everything was shut down. And then once it started coming back online, that's when inflation hit. But it's also been a result. Not just because the economies are booming, but it's because of the we're we're kind of destroying the wealth of our currency by going so far into debt. Now, mind you, it hasn't really shown up on uh, uh, hasn't shown up yet, but every but it uh, it's going to 
and inflation is there. That's why I'm just not sure. I'm not sure that it's temporary. Like the Fed says that the spike in inflation is temporary. Well, maybe the spike is, but I think we're talking about elevated inflation, period. We're going to have elevated inflation. That's what I think. This is Invest.com, Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. So, why don't you give us a call? We'll help you to get there. Right after this break, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Stephen Justin, this is Jeff up in Maine. Uh, love the show. I'm calling in about dogs. That's Dogness International. They're the uh, pet supplier. Just been looking at this stock. Uh, I know that you've talked about the Petco's and the Chewies and those types of companies, but this is a much smaller pet supplier. And I do notice that they're in a lot of different stores: Amazon, Home Depot, Petco, PetSmart, and all the other ones. So. Just wondering if you could take a look at dogs for me, D-O-G-Z, and they seem to be really ramping up their business, and it's still relatively cheap and looking like it might even break out. So I'm hoping you can take a look and let me know if it looks like a good one. Thank you very much. Okay, it's Dogness International Corp, D-O-G-Z, it's a symbol, operates more than 13,000 pet stores in the United States and sells pet products for dogs and cats. It came out in 2017 as an IPO. Uh, they're going to make 27 cents uh, this year. They made five cents last year. They lost 33 cents the year before. They made money the years before that. So, um, and it's a five dollars and thirty cents stock, meaning it's about a twenty something, low twenties PE range. Sales have really picked up in the recent two quarters, 57 percent for each of the previous two quarters. A year ago, the sales were falling, so that's good. They turned it around. So is it worth the growth rate, sales growth rate versus the price? Well, I'll tell you this. It's right, right near its old when it IPO'd, at the price it ipo So there's a lot of resistance here around, you know, $6 or so. So it's going to be tough. But the value, if they can keep that sales growth momentum going, the value is pretty good, okay, because – you know, if they, I don't have next year's earnings per share estimates yet, so it's hard for me to know. Management owns 35%. One of your negatives is so small. It's a $120 million company. It's so small that it's, it, it's hard to analyze if you want to be truthful about it. It is so small because, you know, when you say, oh, well, it's grown 57%, well, that's only $6 million sales in a quarter. That's not a lot. So uh, it's a toughie, and I think, you know, if it breaks its old high, I think it's going to continue up. But I don't, I don't know if I – I might wait before it does that, before I enter it or wait for a pullback. It got as low as a dollar, you know, in, what, last year? I'm having trouble with my connection, Jorge. I don't 
Uh, so, anyways, let's go to uh, a talking point. How about the world is getting to have going to have to realize of, of I mentioned it earlier that the world is going to have to realize that we need more oil, more natural gas. The corporations, big companies, have cut way down on their capital expenditures last year. You know, uh, and they're cutting down again this year because everything is so negative about their business. They don't want to put a lot of new money in exploring. They don't want to put a lot of new money in in, in uh, fixing their old, uh, you know, upkeep and all those things. They're they're just not going to do it because, you know, the future is not that bright. So they cut their capital expenditure. When in fact, the future is still pretty bright for them. We have, you know, we have we have a need. I, I, two years ago, I was sitting here talking. We have such a surplus of oil and gas. You know, we we have tons of it because we're producing so much here in the United States. Well, now we're not. We're going to need it. U.S. and Europe are going to have to face effects. Environments are going to have to face facts. We can't go. It, it's going to be a transition to cleaner energy over time. So we just got to face the facts. We're going to need it. Google says that to to their to their employees that they're not going to keep up salaries with inflation. They're, they're saying that well they'll do it on a merit base only. So you got thousands upon thousands of employees and you're not going to keep up with inflation. So that means their buying power is going to go down from their paycheck. That's going to be interesting. See how that works out. Thank you for being with me today. It is Friday, so I hope I have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday. This is the best talk. Please remember to rate us on. Uh, you can download the podcast, of course, Spotify, you know, all those Apple, all those places. On Apple Tunes, though, you can rate us, and we would appreciate it if you would do that. We will, let, you know, if you want to ask a question while you're reading this, we'll answer that question right away. Really will. So, everybody have a great week, weekend. We'll see you next week. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.